0: Alright, what's your favorite movie? Oh man, favorite <laughs> movie. It's gonna I mean
1: there's just you know, there's genres I mean but uh <laughs> Braveheart, Interstellar, Inception. Love stories. <laughs> Supernaturalist Podcast Show. And now,
0: here he is, Darren Stott. Hey guys, Darren here. This is the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. The show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening. is because it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, His will be done, established through your daily life contribution. It's such an honor having you listen to the show today. I'm coming to you live right now from Maui. I'm staring out of my cider glass door here at 50 shades of blue. It's the Pacific Ocean. I see palm trees. I see flowers and fountains. and and It's just incredible. That, that's my fierce Passionate commitment that I've made to you guys to be releasing Supernatural content every single week to the degree that here I am on vacation and I am putting out this podcast. How about that? And it's kind of ironic too because here I am watching surfers while releasing an interview with this crazy revivalist um, healer surfer, the one and only Chad Deadman. So I definitely think... That this is appropriate. It would encourage you to check out Chad and Julia's website. It's chadandjuliadedman.com. They're doing crazy stuff this year. You're going to want to keep uh, up to date with them, uh, especially on their website and on Instagram. I'll put Chad's handle um, in the show notes. Before we dive into the interview, just want to encourage you to take a minute or two to leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are the word of mouth when it comes to the podcast universe and all the plethora of content that's being released every single week from billions of people everywhere. This will help us stand out. So what you can do is go to thedarenshow.com. That's thedarenshow.com. You can give it one star. That means you think this thing is kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars and that means that you think this thing is off the chain. While you're there, also... Subscribe. That will keep all the weekly supernatural content flowing onto your devices. Without you having to do anything, you'll just wake up and, and, and there it will be. Supernatural content for you. So rate and review and subscribe at thedarrenshow.com. Without any further ado, let's dive into this interview with the one and only Chad Deadman right here right now on the Supernaturalist. Podcast show, let's go. Chad Dimon, what up?
1: What's up, buddy?
0: All right, here we go, man. It's it's gonna happen.
1: It's gonna happen. It's happening. We're we're the quickening. The quickening's <laughs> happening,
0: man. I've I've been looking forward to this for, uh, for just for a long time, man. Um, when it comes to uh, just when it comes to just like uh, my own kind of supernatural journey and like stepping out and just kind of doing the stuff outside of church meetings i don't think there's anyone that's been more like just inspiring and just like motivating man like i remember back in 2011 when we first met and hearing your stories and just being like man this is incredible and just and the the it left me within this place where like I just wanted to go and do the stuff, you know. I was like, if Chad, I was like, it's always been like, man, if Chad can do it, I can do it. I want to be just like Chad when I grow up, man. Um, And so I (laughs) can
1: do it. I can do it.
0: I want to get a t-shirt that says that. Like, if Chad can do it, I can do it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that'd be awesome. Well, I mean, that's the that's the deal. Is um, I'm such an uh, first of all, I'm such an includer, and I there's a part of me that comes alive. When I pray for someone that maybe needs healing, or someone's in the wheelchair, and there's a part of me that comes alive when I get to see the power of God show up and they get up out of the wheelchair. But then there's another part of me that comes alive when I see others around me praying for people in wheelchairs and they're getting up out of you know, like I just, it, it's it's accessible, it's it's transferable, it's available for all of us and. You know, I remember in 2003, Bill Johnson calling me into his office and told me and Chris Overstreet, I had a dream. He, he had this dream that it, it, we were playing a football game and the enemy was our, uh, you know, opposing team and we were like tied and, and then the fourth, car, fourth quarter started and the father, who was the coach, looked down the sidelines and said, all right, it's the fourth quarter, everybody's in. No one sits on the sidelines. Everybody gets in the game. And we just killed the enemy because we had way more people on our side. And I feel like that's kind of how I've loved ministry and have such a conviction and a passion for is that everyone gets equipped. Everyone. This is available for everybody. You know, it's the same Jesus that lives inside of me, that lives inside of you, that lives inside of everybody. And there's resurrection power, you know, <laughs> that Jesus has resurrection power. We're all called to to see it manifest through our lives
0: and bro like like when you first started kind of really going after it right like you were part of like the um like the the early school the old school days of bssm right like you were like yeah first yeah. first gen
1: <laughs> first. yeah i mean like it was a hundred kids my second year class had 44 we met in a fifth grade in, in you know bethel has um a Christian school, like elementary and junior high school, and we met in the fifth grade class uh, in second year, and, uh, and so <laughs> that's all our class was, and yeah, it was it was amazing, and there was such a a fire, a passion. Uh, we would hang out at Denny's. We would hang out. I mean, that was like Joaquin Evans, Chris Overstreet. We would just hang out till two in the morning. We would we would camp out at Heavenly Donuts downtown. <laughs> And just prophesy over people and pick up homeless people and just like, we were
0: just hungry. Because like that was the thing, like I remember hearing these stories, like Bill would get up on Sunday and begin his his messages by talking about just the crazy things that you guys were doing. And I remember like listening to the, the Bethel podcast before there was even like all the amazing Bethel streaming, right? There was like the podcast and Bethel and Bill would get up each Sunday and be like, well, here's what our... Students did this week, and I remember at that time, like nobody else was doing that kind of stuff. Like at that time, no there wasn't yeah. there wasn't like power and love. There wasn't like the whole Todd White movement. Like 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 really B- BSSM really like trailblazed this whole thing of like revival culture outside of revival meetings and like but like a lot's changed, ha- hasn't it? Like just in the last yeah. like fifteen eighteen years. Like like what what are you seeing right now? As far as like what's trending in the area of of evangelism, and what do you feel like? Where do you feel like we're going with with as far as a movement goes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think too. I remember in two thousand five, I worked with Randy Clark uh, to do this thing called um, God Squad, the God Squad. Todd White was in those videos, and you can find this on YouTube. Like it's like old school Jamie Galloway, Will Hart, myself uh todd white and um it feels like there was a wave and um and it's intriguing what you're kind of bringing up and making me kind of ponder and reflect and think back is like too, is just how we were in the mid-2000s sons and daughters and now it feels like you know 12 years 15 years has passed is, you know, Todd White's leading the power and love. Jamie Galloway is leading his whole prophetic, you know, deal. Will Hart's in the whole Iris world. And so I feel like, um, honestly, it felt like 2010 to 2014, there was almost a detox for evangelism. Oh, wow. I feel like there, uh, me and my personal journey, so this is definitely my perspective and just kind of my journey as well. So it's coming from that lens. But I really felt like the whole evangelism side there was a detox. There was almost a pulling back so that we could go forward, like one step back to take two steps forward, which is, you know, taking a step back is not a negative thing, a bad thing. It's a good thing. And and um, I feel like 2014, there was actually an open door for the evangelists to step into another level of maturity because the church, I feel like, was really ready for there's a breaking of the shame thing, like something happened in the mid 2000s where there was a real shame to be a Christian. I don't want to tell others that I'm a Christian because what's their perspective of Christianity. And, and I don't want to trigger religion and all that stuff. Well, I feel like that thing has been like 2014, something broke of the shame thing. And then like evangelists, you know, and I remember Benny Hinn telling me in 2006 when Oral Roberts dies and, and, and and, uh, Billy Graham dies, that evangelist, my gen, our generation, Darren and I, uh, our generation will see an installment, a um, a rise, an uptick, trending, whatever with the evangelist, which and there'll be an anointing for crusades. Like our generation, there'll be an anointing for crusades. So you've kind of seen that over the last four years. Like there has been this crazy uptick of. Uh, uh, Europe, Awakening Europe, Awakening Australia with Ben Fitz and what Todd White's doing, Daniel Kalenda, Chris Overstreet is doing a crusade in Portland in September. So yeah, I mean there really is this like, you know I I had a dream, I had a dream uh, in New Zealand on the February 22nd where Billy Graham and Oral Roberts was praying for people in a convention center and I was there and they were laying hands and I believe they were laying, laying hands on a generation and that was the night Billy Graham died, and so I feel like there wow, really wow. was um, something. There's been something that's been releasing for the last four years, and um, and we're about ready to see it come into fruition to another level. So, so me personally, um, 2014 was a significant year where the Lord said, "Chad, I want you to learn the language of heaven and how to articulate it to a generation that's never heard the gospel in their language." And so um, you asked a pretty loaded question, Darren, so I'm giving you a (laughs) a shotgun blast. But I feel like they're really the reason why we're going to have such an uptick of evangelism and prayer in this next season is because I think it's to the response of a heart cry of a generation that's longing to know God but doesn't know exactly how to meet him. So God has always chosen to represent himself through people. And I feel like he's raising up a generation to represent his heart, his nature, his goodness for people to encounter him. And so, like the Jesus People movement, I was talking to Melanie Green, uh, Keith Green's wife, and um, and I was asking her like, "What was it about the Jesus People movement?" And she said like, "Everywhere you went, like in coffee shops, and restaurants, and grocery stores, people were just talking about the subject of Jesus." Wow. Unbelievers, believers—they just talked about Jesus. And I feel like we are in an intriguing state where Jesus is going to become one of the biggest subject matters.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about that because so your parents were uh, were pretty influential in the um in in the Jesus people movement, right? And like like you have you have that in your in your own DNA. And actually, I just I just saw this video. So a uh, um our uh, King Five News here in Seattle just put out a uh, a video. On, uh, it was just 60, 60 seconds long and it's kind of going all over the place online regarding um, Seattle as being kind of a, um, a trending city as far as pulling millennials away from religion and into essentially witchcraft. And uh, like the, tit- oh the, the title of the video is Millennials Turn from Religion to Witchcraft. And they, fech- they feature, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow. Apparently on her website now, she's selling tarot cards and like spirit candles <laughs> and wow. um and uh, and they and they said like the majority of millennials believe that astrology is science like they went into this whole thing and um and like and it, and it broke my heart because yeah. like because it that that's like our generation right that essentially totally. is like it, it basically said like this generation is done with politics and it, and done with institutionalism and they're hungry yes. for they're hungry for true spirituality and I think that that's one of the things that you saw in the Jesus People movement was kind of this rebelling against the uh, against like institutionalism on in, in, in one hand, and yet like this this but, but really a returning back to a deep place of like community, belonging, relationship, all around the centrality of Christ. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And no, stuff. No, <laughs> you're, you're, you're it. Yeah. Yeah. But i know that, that i know that you have that in your heart like uh, uh whenever i hear you speak you're um you're always talking about like like a new jesus people movement and i know that you're you're carrying some stuff uh for this new season and so like what do you uh, and you also said something about like evangelism uh like married to prayer um so what does this next season look like for uh for chad deadman
1: yeah so i mean you're you're so yeah you are bringing up a lot and i, I think you know, what is right now in the, in the life of Chad Deadman is really um, kind of just throwing a, a dart against the board right now and just kind of following the Holy Spirit. And I've been feeling this wooing to 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 really pray how to dream this. Is, and it's been kind of the crazy last four years of having so many significant mm-hmm. dreams. And, uh, but I had a dream that I was standing up paddle boarding, uh, Big Sur, which is cent- central California. And, uh, I see I'm paddling. I see these two angels come down with paddles. They start stirring the waters around me. I start spinning in a circle and suddenly the air that I was breathing turned into healing. And it was like tangible healing. I'm breathing it in. And then suddenly I see this cloud of healing form around me. And then it went over California and then it went over America and I heard the Lord say in the dream, "I want you to pray for California and America in this season, and I want you to study the '60s and what was going on before the Jesus People movement, and so you could see the correlating factors of what's going on in the nation wow. and how to pray." Wow. And so, so I've been I, I've started studying a lot of just church history, a lot of American church history. Uh, found out, you know, studied a lot of the Jesus People movement beforehand. And, you know, Chuck Smith, who is known as the father of the juice field movement, one of the fathers, him and Lonnie Frisbee, uh, that he was a pastor, a four square pastor in um, had about 60 people in Costa Mesa. And all he did was get his family and say, hey, will you pick up some hitchhikers, some hippies? I just want bring them over to the house for a lunch. And I just want to get to know them. I want to learn their language. You know, so like, I think that's so important for us. Um you know, Gen Xers and the, is to, is to really go in with asking questions, seeking, understanding how to be people of conviction without being close minded. Um, how to be people of love, but love looks like something, you know, free will is a big deal. All that stuff. I'm not, we're kidding. I don't want to uh, <laughs> get too big into this, but, uh, but I mean the, so anyways, <clears throat> the Lord began to just really talk to me about study the sixties. And if you want, like the church was going through quite a bit, right? Like you couldn't have drums. You couldn't like, that was a huge, you know, deal. They believed that drums came from witches. And if you study the sixties, you bring up Gwyneth Paltrow and tarot cards. Like there was a lot of Eastern philosophies that were being brought in. And I, I just watched Billy Graham's, uh, a biography and it talked about when he was in the um, mid 40s, going through Bible school. Most of his Bible school, were people were dropping out because they were in this whole debate that the Bible wasn't completely inspired Word of God. That wow. you know, Job is a metaphor and all stuff. And that's like huge right now in the church. You know that 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 uh, Job is just a metaphor to hear the nature of God, to discover the nature of God, and it's like oh, wow, you know, or the Catholic Church wrote the Bible to control the church. Yep. yep. So so we're, you know, and Billy Graham actually it almost sidetracked or, or derailed him, not sidetracked him, derailed him. He went by himself uh, in a cabin in uh, North Carolina and just wrestled with God and finally came to the conclusion, you know what? The way that I believe in God on faith, I'm going to believe in this Bible in faith. You know, like, I just like, it's going to, if I have any seed of doubt, if this isn't the word of God, then it's going to uproot, you know, it, it's, it, it was just such an intriguing decision that he made. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I think we're in, in the, in the sixties, you had less than 20% the, of those that grew up in the church stayed in the church in the sixties. Wow. Wow. That's the 20%, you know, with the first great awakening, second great awakening, it was always, 45 to 55% of those that grew up in the church stayed in the church. And in the 60s it dipped. So that meant that a generation was missed. Wow. You know that that, a, that the church was irrelevant to a generation which, you know, what was going on there? You can't have drums, you can't do guitar, you have to come as we are, you have to dress like we dress, you have to wear a suit, you can't wear, you know, facial hair, you can't all stuff and it's, you know, come as we are, not come as you are. And it was the moment when Chuck Smith opened the doors and removed the pews and said, bring your surfboards, bring, you know, sit on the floor, come as you are. And it just opened up everything. And I think I think for me, uh, when I, got, I had this dream about stand-up paddleboarding, I woke up from the dream and the Lord says to me, Chad, I want you to come out of the closet and tell people you're an intercessor. And when I say intercessor, (laughs) what comes to your mind? Now, it's me and God at 4 a.m. And like you brought up before, like I was raised in the Jesus people. I I have um, history with the Jesus people movement. My parents got saved. And and my dad got saved at Mothership Calvary Chapel, you know, the Costa Mesa Calvary. And my mom got radically saved in Reno with the Charismatic Catholic Renewal. And, um, and so my grandma, my mom's mom is like a legit intercessor. So I love intercessors and I've gone to so many meetings in the eighties and nineties and, and so many prayer meetings. And I love, I love intercessors. So with that in mind, I'm with the Lord. The Lord wakes me in the middle of the night and says, Chad, when I say intercessor, what comes to your mind? I'm like, well, a lady in her mid sixties blowing a shofar, uh of judah flag you know and, and i love that stuff and the lord's like hey there's nutrients in there that i want you to grab a hold of but there's a lot of people your age and younger that are sabotaging the intercessor inside of them because they don't connect to that model and so i want you to stand a paddleboard the whole state of california but then to shop from the rooftops of what is perk like to you so I, I personally, um, you know, this might be a good thing to banter on with uh, with you, Darren, is I love the prayer rooms. I love uh, the one thing that I, some, maybe it's the evangelist inside of me, but sometimes I cringe. And let me give you an example of, I feel like the Lord is really uh, willing the church to pray for unity right now. And that we're going to see unity manifest in a lot of different ways. But I remember in 2003 going to one of the prayer movements, and I and, uh, and I've been so influenced by prayer again. So I'm just just trying to create some context and understanding. But we prayed for 12 hours, prayed for revival in the city. I loved it; it was amazing. There was like crashing into in the spirit of God. It was awesome. And so I um, was going over to one of the main leaders' houses to stay the night, and I told them, "Oh man, I forgot my toothbrush when you go by the grocery store." We go to the grocery store and I see this guy uh, putting um, stuff on the shelf, and I go, "Hey, man, I, I was wanting to buy you." And I just kept on hearing this drum beat, this drum beat. And like, "Do you play the drums?" He's like, "Yeah, I do." And I'm like, "Well, I keep on hearing this drum beat, and and and, I, and you're drumming on this drum, but it's turned into a heart. And I think it's I think it's the heart of the father that you're gonna. You're going to encounter the love of the father that, that there's stuff that happened to you when you were six years old. And he just starts weeping. Wow. And I start like just reading his mail. But then like, I look over, I'm not, you know, the father of this city, but this guy next to me is the father of the city. He's a leading a prayer movement, you know, one of the leaders. And I look at him like, dude, this is what you've been praying for. This is what we just got done praying for 12 hours. Like you got a fish jumping in the boat. Like you got to lead him to the Lord. And he looks at me and goes, oh no, 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 no. I can't lead him to the Lord you're the evangelist, I'm the intercessor. And I would love to break that, wow. like wow. The, the compartmentalization, the, you know, the intercessors are in their prayer room, and the evangelists are out, you know, in the streets, that I feel like there's a marriage of, you know, the intercessors and the evangelists, that, that God is breaking compartmentalization of, you know, that, that's, that brings division of I'm the intercessor, I carry. I do the airwaves, I'm, you know, in the prayer room. And if I wasn't doing that, then you wouldn't have any success in evangelism. And the evangelists are stuck into the, you guys are just in the prayer room, you guys aren't even like, you know, around the people. And I think it just needs, the evangelist needs to be familiar with the prayer room and the intercessors need to be familiar with, with the streets. That there's, you know, to be an intercessor, right, is to mediate. And you need to know the language of heaven and to carry the, the the culture of heaven, but also know the people. Like, Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept. Like, he had such a place of authority and compassion because he let people uh, influence him. And he had, in order to do that, you got to be around people, you know. And so I think you easily can get disillusioned in the prayer room if you stay in the prayer room. Because you're not going to see fruit of your prayers. And I think you have to see manifestation of prayer you have to see the fruit of prayer that that intercession prayer you know it's a famous subject or famous message of Heidi Baker of love looks like something and i would actually say well then prayer looks like something like meaning that you get it's so easily it's so conducive to be disillusioned if you just stay in the prayer room and you never get to see the fruit of your prayers
0: yeah that's what i'm saying yeah that's so good it, it, it actually made me think about the do you remember the prayer rooms back in the '90s? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the prayer, like the the prayer room in Toronto. Um, there was like there was a, a revival that broke out here um, in the '90s with Benny Prez and the Marysville uh, yes. revival, and and uh, we were invited to come. Our youth group was invited to come. We were told if you come, get there an hour early. Because the secret of that revival is the is the hour long prayer before the meeting, and like we went walking into that prayer room, and there was such an anointing on that prayer room that was creating like a revival atmosphere that would frame out the service, and so it was like the prayer room was like the furnace for the you know, and at Seattle Revival Center during the nineties, the prayer room was like the. Was like a drunk tank, man. It was like, yeah, it was just messy. Like you'd, you'd like, you'd like, people like crawl into the prayer room. You know,
1: those are good. Those are good prayer times. Right and there. like,
0: kind of what my what my thought is going down memory lane is that really out of the '90s really gave birth to, you know, Lou Ingalls and the Call uh, Prayer yeah. Movement. Movement really came out of that, out of that time and out of that season. But one of the things that I'm just kind of like processing out loud here is, is what you were saying as far as the kind of the segregation of prayer from ministry or from, you know, kind of what what I'm wondering is if we're going to see more of like a, an integration of like, of like so right now you might have just a prayer meeting or you might have just a prayer conference. But what if there was that place where, um, where corporate prayer um, was being done intentionally to create that atmosphere of, of awakening and revival. And then, and it wasn't its own thing, but it really framed the platform, uh, for, you know, for signs, wonders, miracles, you know? Oh, totally.
1: And, And I think, and I think if we, if, if, you know, you build the right wineskin, the right structure, you can have a, you know, a full circle mechanism of prayer intercession and while that's happening there's evangelism happening and then you get the testimony going back into the prayer room of hey here's the spoils here's like the breakthrough here's the i mean it was the spies who came back and said hey here's its fruit you know here's the milk and honey that that god's been promising us like it's so vital in the prayer movement and just in in the spiritual life is that there's fruit from our lives You know what I mean? Yeah. And and testimony spurs on momentum of, oh, wow, there's more. There's more, you know, that look at what we've seen. We've been praying for revival in our city and someone is coming back with someone was in a grocery store and they got out of a motorized cart. They were going in for hip replacement surgery. It's beginning. It's starting. Let's keep praying. You know, like so, yeah, it just builds momentum. I think it's it's so vital to have.
0: Yeah, and and one of the the things that um, actually this, this kind of cracked. So we just saw each other up at Jake's house just a couple weeks ago, and we got to we got to hang out, and um, that was an amazing service. Worship was just off the charts, and then you got up and just began kind of leading the place into this into this place of like corporate prayer. That was um, definitely very like Lou ish You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like You were up there like we're gonna pray, right? And like <laughs> the whole place was like ah, and the worship was like bam. You know, and then um, it, it was it was awesome. And then and then when it was and then when it was done, um uh you know like you've been at like Georgian Banoff meetings and conferences, like, you know, when Georgian takes an offering, he puts up like a video um that's like, you know, you you know, your love oh Lord reaches to the heavens. Like <laughs> and like and there's all these pictures of like all these orphans and like all these orphanages <laughs> and like people with like um like with missing body parts, like little children, you're just like, oh my gosh, your heart's just breaking. When you got up, you were like, all right, we're going to be taking an offering. I just want to put this video on. And it was like, your love, oh Lord. But you were like on a longboard um, paddling out and like catching this amazing wave. And like the, ne- and the next shot was like you with all your friends, like running down the beach with like a boom box or something. And uh, I just, <laughs> I thought I it was- <laughs> and then you were like, when the video was over, like you were like, I know that video just kind of looked like me and all my friends kind of having fun and surfing.
1: <laughs> it's 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 but, true,
0: but like that's actually so that I brought that up on, 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 like I, I I brought that yes. up on purpose because one of the things that I think you model is this whole thing of like uh, revival as a core value, prayer as a core value, but also living life and having fun and being healthy. As as a core value, and I actually wanted to talk with you about that because I think sometimes, like like I agree, sometimes we we live in the prayer room, not just like not just literally, but kind of like as a metaphor, like we're continually in that place of deep, intense spiritual thought that we that we forget about. Our families we forget about our we forget about our our diet we forget about health we forget about laughter and getting out uh into the sun and i wanted to talk to you about that whole thing of like was there a point in your life like as you were like a kid where you were like i i'm not gonna do ministry that way you you know Uh,
1: i think i think growing up um i mean and, and you would relate to this growing up in the church growing up as a pastor's kid like you get an education and, 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 and I'm such a, I love to learn. So I feel like I've always, uh, I mean, I love to observe. So I've just always have had that instilled in me of observing and, and, and looking at ministries going, wow, I love that. But man, I'm really scared about that. Or I really don't want that (laughs) in my life, you know? And, and Bill was one of the first, Bill Johnson was one of the first where I'm like, wow, I want all of that, you know? And that was really good. Um, and then, too, I think I think authenticity is huge. And so, uh, and I think this whole place of identity, meaning that nothing you do uh, dictates your identity, and there isn't a war. There isn't, like, a war with my family, ministry, uh, fun, uh, work hard. There's not a war. They actually flow together. They wow. actually, you know, I think that's that whole, like, spirit of unity, not compartmentalization, not, like no, this is more important, or this is true ministry, this is like, you know, the, the the side ministry or side stuff. Like, no, no, it's all ministry. And so when I say yes to my family, I'm saying yes to my call. I'm saying yes to ministry, and that that's one of my most important ministries. And so, you know, um, obviously you have priorities, and, uh, and so, you know, that's... Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's always been they say that 70% of Americans struggle with how to have fun. Like I think people are always like, wow, like you are such a risk taker. You are, you know how to have so much fun. Like those two things I get hit up a lot of like, you don't really struggle that much with the fear of man. And I'm like, well, that's because I killed that thing several times way back in high school, but I've continued to kill that thing. But now, you know, with having fun, like it's very natural, but you actually, if I take a step back, I'm like, wow, I have to work hard. You have to, w- having fun is hard work. But it takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot, you know, of, um, <laughs> you know, not, not letting condemnation or all that st- uh, false humility stuff come in. Um, that, yeah, I, I, so there's a lot of factors that you're bringing up. But, but I think it's just a core value in, in knowing what hills are worth dying on. And um, I think fun. Fun is a is a big one for me. Uh, I have a I feel like we are in a reformation of knowing how good God is, and how He is such a ridiculous father that is just amazing. And I think one of the revelations of that of knowing that He's good is realizing how fun He is, and that that and it's, so it so comes from a place of identity and a place of positioning that He's your friend you know, that, that it's a partnership, it's a friendship, it's a place of discovery. And so every moment of my life is me just spending time with my friend. And that I think growing up in church, I think, um, you know, you talked about this generation turning the tables. I think one of the things that we're turning the tables on is the religious spirit that, you know, John G. Lake in South Africa buried his wife and his kids and several other pastors and you I've heard messages of choose the brown rope and sacrifice and lay down your life and lay down lovers. And I, I love that. Like they like sacrifice is in, uh, in your relationship with God is in your relationship in your marriage. Like inconvenience is, is key is, a, is a, is a big ingredient, uh, uh, with covenant, but that's not the focus. Jesus said in John 15, the greatest manifestation of love is that you lay down your life for your friends, but the focus of that scripture is not laying down your life. Like, I remember, like, Brownsville, people would argue about who's going to be the first martyr. I think <laughs> the deal is, is like, you, you, we need to be focused on friendship. We need to be focused on relationships. So I think, meaning that we have, you have so much equity in the friendship, it's so easy to sacrifice when it's needed, because you have so much equity, the focus has always been friendship. So, I mean, for me, like with ministry and I am I just don't see God as I go into the four walls of the church and preach eight times and that was, there's just so much more. And like that, I love to bring my students, I love to bring people in an atmosphere where they're, it, that thing's getting broken off. Like I do a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, we haven't really dove into it yet, but like what I'm getting ready to do with stand up paddleboarding and putting on these beach outreaches is we're gonna paddle the whole state of California and put on prayer meetings and beach outre- outreaches um where the stand up paddleboard's the pulpit. And we go out right beyond the waves and we put on a prayer meeting out in the waves right like where surfers are, you know, like wow, God wow. So, I mean, I, I just think, you know, if you've ever found yourself born in church, God's not the one with the problem. For eternity, we're never going to be bored. For eternity, we're going to be having fun. Like, like I mean, this is Psalm 16, pleasures forevermore, joy everlasting that David experienced, you know, in an inferior covenant. So, this I, is who I, God I, is.
0: I think that's amazing because it's basically taking um, two different worlds that you're passionate about, you know, th- that world of just being on the water and just... Um being in the outdoors, uh, and then also the, the, uh, these church kind of environments where there's worship, where there's prayer, where there's proclamation. So those are two um, different worlds that you're very, very passionate about that you're integrating and bringing together, and then you're inviting people to experience that. And I think um, for our listeners that are listening to this, it's time to think outside of the church as far yeah. as the church building, but don't think you don't have to think outside of what you love about what happens inside of a church. So inside of a church building, there's worship, prayer, proclamation, the study of scripture. What, what would it look like to export those elements that you love so much about a church service and, and bring that into the, another world that you love so much, whether it's hiking or it's, it's computer programming. And so I think what you're modeling, Chad is like an invitation to think outside of the church box But to take the experience and to integrate it into that world that that people are passionate about and that that's actually that's actually allowed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's allowed. I think, too. I mean, you know, one of the one of the sacred cows that we're going to have to kill and tackle is um, I think you're having a lot of the older generation and and older generation doesn't sound right. I wouldn't even maybe say that completely.
0: (laughs) You're like the old people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, The
0: problem with old people.
1: (laughs) I think, I think some of your old guard, like churches, the sacred cat, like, you know, don't mess with the cash cow. Like don't, Like, don't talk about discovering God outside this four walls because we need people to be dependent on these four walls because that's where they're giving the money. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, (laughs) like with the Internet, with all that stuff, like, you know, intuitionalized stuff is kind of like, but we need the church. Like, we need the four walls of the church. We need a place of community. But we could also get that in so many different expressions. And and I think, you know, for me is. It's not just this freedom, empowerment, but it's also knowing your authority. I feel like there's a little bit of that being robbed of Proverbs 13:12. hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realized is the tree of life. And I think me being authentic and, and, and really cultivating who I am and, and how God has formed me. Is that he has put a desire in me of a love for the ocean where I have discovered God since a little boy. I've discovered God in the ocean. Wow. Some of my craziest times in life, growing up in junior high, high school, and so forth, I've had, I will go out night surfing. I will go out surfing the day and I'll just talk with God. And that is one of my biggest open heavens. That's where I hear God the strongest. And yet I remember, you know, me and you both, Gen Xers, like, I remember as a teenager, you you know, um, the secular, you know, demonic CDs, burn your CDs, you know, everything that's not of, you know, God is demonic. And so I gave up surfing, like, you know, and I remember you four months in giving up surfing <laughs> and God's like, what are you doing? Right. Like, I never asked you to gave that, give that up. Like, you know, and, and I understand, hey, God's, you know, number one priority, like no other gods before me. But to you, you, you—that's so you could tackle that pretty easy early on in the faith, and you get to a place of maturity where you begin to discover, wow, some of the places where I come alive the most, like whether that's knitting, whether that's horseback riding, whether that's painting, are probably some of our greatest places of uh, of a sanctuary. Some of our greatest prayer rooms are those places but it's been the religious system to say don't touch those places because they're they're demonic, they're evil. That you can't you can't you can't encounter God surely in
0: those places. Or you can knit on a horse <laughs> while <laughs> No, I I'm totally tracking with you. And it's also funny, dude, there's something about the 80s and and why you had to burn everything. Like I don't, I don't know, know why I don't know why you couldn't just like donate stuff to the Goodwill. Like I remember, like I. But then other
1: people would get demonically influenced.
0: <laughs> Dude, like I had to burn all my comic books when I was like thirteen, and I know, um, man. and then I, when I was like sixteen, I went and had to buy them all back again. And I still, <laughs> I and I, I still have them to this day, bro. I got like this amazing comic book collection up in my attic. But the the bummer is I had to buy all those things twice.
1: <laughs> I know,
0: man. This is cycle. <laughs> um, crazy. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, kind of, you know, but in regards to just the love for the ocean and just feeling alive when you're in the water, have you seen the documentary on Netflix called Fish People?
1: You know what? No, I've had two people tell me about this. I need to watch it. Right? Is it, is oh it man!
0: Oh, it's it's so great. Yeah, it's made by um. Oh, what's the clothing company? Um, my Patagonia. Mind distra- yeah, yeah, yeah. They made that. Yeah, like they about they right. they bought the film. And like one of the first, it's a bunch of short stories about people that feel alive on the water, from like big wave surfers to like free divers. And like one of the first stories is of this, um, this, this lady that free dives. It goes down like a hundred feet with just like a snorkel, and um, and she talks about confronting her fear of like sharks and how mm-hmm. and how like she she like spearfishes and she'll she'll spear these fish and like. Sharks would come after her, and so she would just let the fish go. And then finally, one day, she was like, "No, this is my fish." And she would actually charge after the sharks, and like, and like, there's a shot, man, it's insane. There's this slow motion, uh, like, shot of her on top of a of a great white shark, holding on to its fin, and it's like pulling her around with just with just a snorkel on. And I was like what i was like yes i was like <laughs> that was worth the movie man the first 10 minutes so yeah you definitely got to watch that man i'm definitely
1: gonna watch that did you see um arctic sky
0: no okay so that's
1: another one for netflix all, all you podcast listeners uh uh i think it's under the arctic sky they go to iceland and they night surf with the northern lights so oh man gonna, this is amazing yeah, I'm a big night surfer, so I've probably night surfed over 500 times, and I've night surfed over five continents. So um, uh, I've night surfed in some of the sharkiest waters in South Africa and Jeffrey's Bay for all the surfers out there that would know. But uh, but it's one of my dreams, one of my bucket lists to go night surf Iceland in the um, with the Northern Lights. So that's I'm gonna I'm gonna tick that off. Uh, the bucket list soon. Put oh man,
0: yeah, I got Iceland on my bucket list, but I don't want to surf it. I want to just go and sit in one of those like nat- hot natural hot springs while it's like snowing and look up at the Northern Lights and just like <laughs> sit there in like a volcanic. Bathtub. I'll do
1: that with you after I go surfing.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Awesome. <laughs> I'll video document your your surfing trip, and then we'll go that's, and um... that's right. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's there's still there's still a few uh uh bucket lists that I have to do, especially with the ocean. But it's true. I mean, I, you know, you look at almost every major city; they have there's something about movement of water, right? Stagnant water breeds disease and all this a movement of water brings life, and you just look at civilization. You look at every uh, all the different stories in the Bible where there is a river, whether it be uh, Israel going into the Promised Land and the River Jordan parting, or the Dead Sea parting when they're leaving Egypt, or you know, uh, Jesus being baptized in the River Ezekiel's River. I mean, you know, you just have a lot. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. Yeah, the mantle being passed, he had to. He slammed his mantle into the river, you know, to see what he's working with. I mean, there's just so much with water, um, and we don't we don't have time to get into this. But I mean, there's healing elements in the water. There's negative ions and, wow, wow. and all that stuff. But there's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just there's
0: something about the water. And dude, like when you're so you're, you're 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 traveling around and you're leading this prayer movement and you're sharing your vision and heart to do. What's definitely a new thing as far as taking yeah. the, taking the prayer room to the waves. As you're sharing your vision in your heart, is it is it like connecting? Are people getting it, or are people looking at you yeah. like like what? <laughs> I would say
1: the young people are getting it, and the and the little bit older are like looking at like wait, what are you doing? Or that seems a little too crazy. Or I'm not going to get on a paddleboard and 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 yeah i i know that it's not gonna like everyone's gonna be able to jump on a paddleboard or kayak or a surfboard and join me but it's i mean like we did a soft launch so we're doing like the big launch here soon and we're gonna have heidi baker and and possibly lou engel and and lou's kind of getting involved way more um in this next go around so we just did like an easy soft launch did not promote it i just want to see what's going to work what because it is it is new like like and catch the wave. So that's what this thing is going to be called. It's called catch the wave. I mean, I, there's so many prophetic words about there's a wave of the spirit coming, and then wow, my whole wow. relationship with surfing. So I just knew like, hey, I need to call this thing catch the wave. And it's not just the stand up paddle board. You know, the coast of California is 850 miles, so I'm going to break it up, and where I'll do prayer meetings like on a Friday night at, at a church to bring like bring churches together. Then Saturday will be um we're gonna do like a garbage cleanup because that's intercession like I'm trying to grab all the different points of intercession, you know, like where we do a beach cleanup and that's intercession we're, clean, we're that's a prophetic act we're taking garbage, we're cleaning up our city, we're cleaning up the atmosphere we're you know like there's
0: wow. there's yep. got to be
1: prophetic acts that we do like there's things that we do in the natural that begin to you know affect what's going on in the spiritual and there's things that we're doing in the spiritual. They're going to affect what's going on in the natural. So I'm working with a couple nonprofits that are, um, uh, rescuing girls, underage girls at a sex slave wow. trade. And so I'm taking them out surfing because the dream was there's healing in the water, right? Wow, like, wow, I, wow. I, like, so I want to take these girls, at, you know, and we'll have BSSM like crew and like a sozo team. And we take them out surfing where they're having fun, you know, like, like, that and then that you know there's something about having fun that brings vulnerability that brings heart connection and then you suddenly bring in healing you know healing of the heart and wholeness and the whole deal and so um so we're gonna have that we're working with uh, a couple other non-profits with like autistic kids and stuff so we're gonna take them out surfing so there's there's more than just it being a prayer meeting and, um, but we're going to tackle it from a number of different angles in and in a bunch of different ways. And so I think with that, I think people are like, Oh, Whoa, this is way bigger than just some, some crazy kid stand up paddleboarding the whole state of California. Like they're, they're, they're ministering to these groups of people. And so we really want to like take the city and just release the city in the presence in prayer, evangelism, you know, and just inundate the city with those things. But anyways.
0: Bro, if there's a God's generals that's written in like 2050, your uh, chapter is going to be very interesting.
1: Very interesting. Very out of the box. <laughs> very out of the box. Like, seriously, like we go, like, so what we do is we have a stand-up board that fits five people. So what we'll do is is we will actually put on a prayer meeting out in the water, where we'll take a acoustic guitars beat up acoustic guitars and we will worship and then we will all paddle together like a mile so it's kind of like the Forrest Gump model like you know Forrest Gump ran the whole United States you know the whole continental and some people joined him in certain parts of the legs Um, so I'm going to invite people to join me in certain parts and let's do this
0: I love it man and um it it reminds me, of, uh, last year I had this like kind of this vision th- thing, and um, where I saw like an old man go out to his garage and like go up into the attic and get down a, a, a like an old 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 surfboard, and um, Whoa. and he took it down to the water, and um, and then he began to paddle out on the water. And he began to feel all those emotions and everything that he that he used to feel when he was a young man. And he got out on the water, and he's looking around, and he's surrounded by all, like, young people. And then, like, there's a wave that comes, and it's his wave. It's not for anyone else. It's like, you know, and um, and he begins to paddle. He begins to work. He begins using his effort in order to catch the wave. And then all of a sudden, the wave begins to pull him, and he doesn't have to use his effort anymore because now it's the power of the wave that's pushing him, and he comes alive again. Um, and, uh, and so I actually, I actually, when I saw that actually got, I actually sang it like a song to everybody in the room as if they were that old man and like, it's time to go and get the old surfboard down. It's time to walk to the beach. It's time to, it's time to swim out into the ocean. It's time to wait for your wave because your wave is coming and you're going to surf again.
1: Wow. You know, and it's true. I think we, I had, a. I mean, just to to hit with that, I had a dream about a little over a year ago that I saw these three guys washing each other's feet and God's presence was so strong, just like coming down. And then suddenly their backs were turned towards me and suddenly I got around them and I realized, oh, wow. This is a millennial Gen Xer and Bay Boomer, and they're washing each other's feet. And wow, then, right when I wow, realized wow. that, I saw a rainbow go over them. And and in the rainbow, it said, "I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Wow! And that that for the next seven years, I'm going to heal the three generations and reveal that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of three generations.
0: Oh, that's awesome! That is so awesome. So we release that. Yeah, Amen. And and bro, I think we're gonna we're gonna see in our lifetime like an unprecedented move of God that is marked with such honor, so that we're actually gonna see. Um, uh, a co-ethnic, co-ed, multi-generational move of God where where we see the fulfillment of what you saw of the three generations, but even just going beyond age and, and seeing something like where where we get the opportunity to continue where maybe Azusa got a little off as far as racial discrimination and that kind of yes. thing. But like a move of God that's truly co-ed, it's men and women running together, multiple races running together, and multiple ages, and we're honoring each other and celebrating each other and partnering with each other uh, on this new wave um, as it's as it's crashing here on our on our coast. Come on, spirit of unity. Man, come on, hey Chad. You
1: release it. Spirit come on, of unity.
0: <laughs> that's right. Hey. I was just gonna ask you, so for people listening that are like, I believe I believe in this, I believe in you, like how can people partner with you? How can people follow this journey totally. and this adventure?
1: Yeah, Encountering Jesus is our ministry, and um you know, you can look us up, our website, you can follow me on Instagram, Chad Deadman, um, or you can follow Encountering Jesus. Um, Yeah, you'll have on our website like uh, events that are going on, how to partner. We'll we'll definitely do like an update newsletter, um, you know, once a month and the whole deal. So, yeah, yeah, just uh, just come follow us on online and you'll get all the info. And uh, but also come and join us, you know, come and come and pray with us. Come uh, come to California and let's let's pray for let's pray for America.
0: And I'll put all those links on the show notes, and so if you're listening, make sure that you go into the show notes and uh, and click on those links and um, and shoot Chad off a, a message on his Instagram or on his Twitter. Uh, just say, what's up, listen to the podcast, believe in you, and, um, and make sure that you just give Chad a what's up and also that you partner with him because... He's really doing some some crazy out of the box stuff. Um Chad, I want to do this again, man. And I, next time we chat, I want to chat about just some of the crazy stuff that you do to your body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like oh, the yeah. the
0: crazy experiments that you're always yeah. like I I saw one picture of big red welts all over your body. I saw one picture where you were in like a freezer. And so yeah. dude, I want to I want to talk again about like revival and health and just like you and Julia and just like the the lifestyle yeah. that you guys have as far as just making sure that you finish well, you know, I think that'd yeah. be, a, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So I mean,
1: yeah, I think, I think, yeah, and, and you asked this, you know, that was your earlier question too, is really asking the questions, how do you cultivate an abundant life? You know I mean? I think we're all you know, Jesus died on the cross for us to find life and find it more abundantly. So just to how, but I think one of the biggest things that I've found over the last few years of being a lot more intentional is realizing I'm not going to compartmentalize my life, wow. like it's all together, you That's know, right. that, that, that they're way that, that I've, I've really kind of come into a deeper level of understanding my personal life of like, oh, wow, nothing is compartmentalized. Nothing is like they, they're, everything is way more connected than we realized our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with our community, with our brothers and sisters, you know, how can you say you love God and hate your brother? It's incongruent. So like, they're way more connected. You know, so sometimes we think, oh, that's not, you know, a big deal that I just, you know, totally got rather uh, a relational bridge just blew up. That's not going to really affect my relationship with God. No, it will. Like, it, you know, that, that you need to be intentional. And that's why forgiveness is so huge and being wow. unoffendable wow. is so huge. Wow. And so, you know, my hunger and my priority for my relationship with God is so high that I make sure that anything that's going on horizontally in my life that I know that if I don't take care of that, it will eventually keep me from growing in my relationship with God. So um, anyways, we don't, we don't, we don't have time to get into that, but, but it's totally true. Like we've done some crazy stuff, whether it be, you know, uh, cryotherapy, (laughs) flow tank. uh, I mean, all the different uh, uh, detoxes that we do, julia and i've done the the bone broth diet where we have bone bone broth for like you know i think she did it for 45 days which wow. is crazy wow but i mean like yeah i mean i think i think as we've gotten older um well let's we'll go into it we'll go into it next time
0: no that that, that would be awesome and i i we, next time we got to make this happen bro you and i open mic night at a comedy club in seattle um, we, 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 we we together. Yeah, man. that's that that's on my bucket list, and that's so I, and I want to do it with you, man. So do it. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Love you. Appreciate you. I'm so excited for just the stuff you're engaging with, man. And seriously, let's do it again.
1: Yeah, I love you too, buddy. Look, see you guys. It was a blast. Can't wait for next time.